You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A lot over the years, uh, conversations have covered all sorts of topics. I don't think I've ever asked you this question, though. What was your experience at Wallace State like, and, and how did that help you or shape you or influence you as you progress through your career man uh yeah that's a good i like that um i'm not gonna lie that changed i'd say that changed my life uh in many different ways um you know being from ohio moving down i was living by myself uh ended up living with another uh teammate obviously but you know moving away from my family that was a big step um having to learn how to really uh, budget my money. You know, that was a big thing too, was, uh, budgeting my money now that, you know, I, I'm, I didn't come from a family with a bunch of money or anything like that. And to understand that now, you know, the money that's given to me, I have to use it the right way was one thing. And then also coming from like, we were somewhat religious, but not, you know, over the top. Uh, so that was something that changed for me too, is, as I put it is I really found God when I got down there even more, I mean, I went to church here and there with my parents, but, you know, I didn't quite understand everything, I guess is the way to put it. And going down there, it was, it was so cool to see, you know, before practice, you know, the pitchers, we got together and we prayed together. And then, you know, we went and did our thing and the position players did their thing at the same time. Like they prayed and did the same thing. And then, you know, we kind of went about practice. And then when we finished practice, we pray again. And I just thought that was something different that, you know, I've never experienced coming from where I was at to do that. So that changed me. And then, you know, my coaches down there, Randy Putman and, and Chuck Davis, they, they molded me. I, I feel like that's where everything really took off. You know, my, my high school career was great. I had a guy that, you know, he played in the Yankees organization and I had, a, you know, a coach that coached my entire family. And, uh, you know, it was, it was cool to jump from that. And then I went to another baseball program that was to the extremes, you know, they, uh, as, as funny as this is, it was, you know, no farting on the bus or else we would get off and have to run to the next mile marker, you know, wherever the bus was like practicing in parking lots because we didn't win games that we were supposed to. Uh, he'd always throw that out there. You know, I, I learned a lot from this guy and you're not going to see that nowadays because the way, and I know I'll probably get criticized for it, but the, the way people are nowadays is we're too soft. We, we get caught up in our feelings because you don't like what somebody's telling you. And, it just sucks because that's how you're going to make yourself better. You're, you want to be better than you want the honest truth. You want to know when you suck. You want to be told that you sucked. And I'll never forget. And this is where it really changed me more than anything. And to this day, I still talk about it with one of the guys that's on the Pirates with me now. That was, this is our first time playing on the same field together since 2007, which is crazy. And it will actually be even cooler is once we both get back, you know, he gets to the big leagues and I get – you know, we're back in there together, I should say. Because, I mean, he's been in the big leagues, but he's been bouncing back and forth. But, you know, I make this team. It'd be another, you know, marker in, in history to me is being able to share the field again. But the thing that stands out was 
a game against, uh, I think it was Southern Alabama, or it was at their field. I can't remember exactly who, who it was against, but I was out there, and I mean, I, I was just pitching like crap. And I'll never forget, like, you know, when you go to college games, they don't have, like, especially a junior college, they don't have those big stadiums like, you know, Arlington or, you know, a stadium like a, a college like the University of Texas or any of those schools, you know, it was like a smaller little stadium and we're inside and, I mean, we're in the, the field and I remember watching Coach Putman come walking out to the field and I, I knew for a fact because you could hear him just basically and excuse my language, but he was uh, mother effing me the entire way. And I just kept thinking, oh, God, this is not going to be good. And I, I was a freshman, so this is my first time. You know, I'm trying to impress these guys. And he had been told by the Tampa Bay Rays, that was who was uh, following me, that set me up with this, the school, so they keep an eye on me, was this guy's not going to let you down. He's going to do his thing. He's going to compete. He's got good stuff. And, man, did I get chewed out. As soon as he got out there, he went off on me. I mean, every word you could possibly think of was said. Uh you know, the the thing that people get so upset about, but he, he, you know, he had a hold of my jersey and was letting me know that, you know, I was being a uh, a pansy. You know, I wasn't being a, a, a real competitive man out there and fighting and doing everything. And again, like like I said, I, I, I'm i sure somebody's going to criticize me for it, but, you know, that's the way I was brought up, and I, I'm proud of that. And I'm very happy that I got told how bad I was, and I got put in my place, and that's how I knew that from that moment on, I was going to make sure I never let him down. And it carried out. I mean, he, he changed my career, you know, around real quick. It made me wake up and realize that, you know, talent can only take you so far, but you got to actually put the work in and do everything else. And I mean, every single day he let me have it. He wore me out. And then when it came time to playing, I'm not going to lie. That was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my career just started all off was having him do that because everything else became so much easier to me. And I, I never lost that edge. Wow. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad I asked you, I, you know, we, like I said, we never really talked about your experience. And I guess I also never really knew because of that, how formative it was for you and, and how important it was. Uh, when you were there, I mean, obviously you knew, uh, you know, you had mentioned the, the the communication with the Rays, and and for people who aren't as familiar, uh, whereas if you're going to play football at a community college or basketball, the the odds of you playing professionally are, are pretty slim. But it's a common route on the baseball side. I think is the teammate you were referencing earlier, Jake Elmore, who's who's with you in camp. He was a teammate of yours. I know Craig Kimbrell went to Wallace State, so uh, that that is a a common route. Uh, but where were you? What what were the things that uh, you know? You, you talked a lot about the toughness side and, and growing as a as a person. What were some of the other baseball things that you really uh, grew uh, in, or, or, or parts of the game that allowed you to uh, to to grow as a player? Was there a certain pitch you learned there, or, or anything from a baseball standpoint, or was your experience really? just more growing up as a, as an individual and as a human being? I'd say it was definitely a mixture of both. Um, being able to have, you know, a pitching coach that played with the Boston Red Sox organization, uh, played a big factor, having a, a, a head coach that had the mental toughness to push people and see how far he can get you to break or try to get you to break. I think that was huge too, to, to build up that, that confidence and that uh, mental toughness learning so much about the game in general, just 
you know, there was, there was never an excuse, no matter what the weather was, we found a way to practice. And I think that's what, to me, that's, that's some of the things you see a lot of people get away from. Um, I'm not going to lie. One time the field, like this happened a lot, actually, I shouldn't say just one time, but you know, the field could have been flooded or by any chance, like we got a bunch of rain. We would go in the parking lot and, you know, those, those cage balls, the dimple balls, the yellow ones, we would go out and take ground balls right in the parking lot. We weren't allowed to park in the parking lot. You had to get, leave the space there so we could practice. We had bases, everything. Uh, the famous line was always put your tennies on. And we knew that we were going to be outside. And if we screwed up or anything like that, you'd be running. Um, I mean, it was just the whole idea. I, I learned more about pitching uh, when I was there as well. We worked. Uh, this is, this is uh, probably the turning page of when I realized that pitching inside is one of my favorite things to do. And anybody that, you know, has played against me or, for instance, you, I mean, you've watched me. You've been on both sides of it. You've called games for me and you've been on the side of it where you've got to see me and, and call a game against me. Um, and you see that, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to sit here and act like I don't ever pitch in because that's probably what I'm known for is I'm going to pitch in. If I ask any hitter, you know, nowadays what I would do, I guarantee you they're going to say, all right, he's coming in for sure. And, you know, that was one of the big things that helped me. And then learning how to throw a slider was uh, a big thing because back then I, I kind of had one, but it wasn't really much. Uh, I had a curveball, but my changeup was what I was known for uh, it, it, at Wallace, I feel like it's, is the changeup and the slider because that's where it developed. And then once I got to the Rangers organization, you know, we'll, we'll be able to get into all that. But those guys taught me a lot too that helped me develop. And there's certain people that I really want to give a lot of credit to that's helped me get to where I am. But we'll cross that bridge here soon. But just being in Wallace, I think it there was so much eye-opening that I got to see and so much that I got to learn. And having the relationship with those guys and that competitive edge, like each guy that was there, had one goal and that was to win. And then also the other thing that we had put in mind was we all wanted to be drafted. We all wanted to be in the big leagues. We all had that same kind of mindset of, of wanting to, uh, you know, be a part of something that we could all make history with is, you know, see how many guys we can get drafted from this team and then see how many we can get into the big leagues to, to represent our class. Um, and, you know, he, he taught us, both coaches taught us so much about on and off the field things and how to carry ourselves and, and go about our business and being professional. Um, I mean, I, I'm very blessed and thankful that I got to find a school that was, as I like to put it, it was in the middle of nowhere. It was in Hansville, Alabama. You, you ask anybody where that is, they're going to have no clue. And I think that was something that helped me more than anything was being around nothing, like no major cities or anything like that to where I could stay focused and I put my mind where it needed to be and I, I made every moment of it. I made sure that I could do everything I could to make my parents mad, or mad, make them proud because they, you know, they put the money into this to help me get to where I was. And then for me to get the scholarship is just that much rewarding and being able to partake and play, you know, with a, a great college team and go to a college world series and well, the junior college world series and get seen that way and, and just kind of build that path to help myself to, to take the next step. You mentioned Hansville, Alabama, uh, what was there to do in Hansville, Alabama? What, like you guys had a, a Friday or Saturday night or a day or whatever. I mean, what did you guys do? Well, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I can't sit here and try to act like I was, you know, Mister Angel over here. But we, <laughs> uh, we definitely, you know, some of the things. It's, this is this is what you get with a lot of small towns. You get a big place like a Walmart. You'd always see people hanging out up there. One of the places I always liked to go was Zaxby's uh, to eat the chicken up there. 
It was unbelievable. There was a huddle house. Instead of Waffle House, it was Huddle House. We'd go up there. But uh, there was a lot of beer pong, um, drinking, you know, hanging out with guys. I mean, it's college. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like people don't know that, yeah, we partied. We had fun. That was, that was my fraternity. You know, being with those guys is, you know, we got to do what we wanted to do. We were with, with our dudes and, and having fun and enjoying ourselves and building relationships with our buddies. Because, I mean, I still talk to uh, quite a few of those guys, actually. To this day, I mean, we we built such a strong foundation with that group of men that when we played baseball, man, we went to war every single time, and it it showed on and off the field how much how close we were with each other. All right, Derek, I, I want to move now to the I guess the the, the major league side of things. Uh, I want to jump ahead to 2010. I, I know a lot of people talked to you, and, and we'll get to this 2011 year uh, amazing performance in the World Series, but. 2010 was the the first year in a while the Rangers made the playoffs, the first year, first time ever the team had made the World Series. What was it like to be a part of that ride with all the firsts that took place and just the the energy behind a franchise that had gone so long without having success? Well, I want to say, because I just it was cool to relive this, um, it just happened yesterday. We got to visit with a few of the guys. I was talking with Colby Lewis, David Murphy, Kinsler, Young, um, and, you know, we were just kind of reminiscing and everything. And to me, you know, it was more about those guys. You know, I didn't, uh, I, I mean, I, I helped out. I know one of the big things that stood out for me was game four in the ALCS against the Yankees. I know I, I helped out a, a good bit there to kind of keep the momentum on our side. But um, that whole season was just, uh, it was a, a wild thing. I mean, it all started, you know, obviously with what had happened with Wash. But it just goes to show that what that clubhouse was about you know, they dealt with the issue with Wash, but nobody nobody let that affect them, and they also made sure that Wash knew that we were him. You know, we all went to war for him every single day. I mean, I know I could sit here and talk all day about Wash because that's, that's like my other dad. That's the way I put it is he is my, my, my second dad just because of what he's done for me in my career and, and the talks that we've had both on and off the field. It's, it's been tremendous, but what that team accomplished was – was unbelievable i mean they they did so much um and to be a part of that was outstanding but one of the things that stands out that people don't talk about so much is we talked about it a little bit uh yesterday with with evan grant was uh 2009 we lost to the angels and we want to watch them celebrate and i'll never forget being in that clubhouse as a rookie you know i was still a rookie considered in 2010 even though it was my second year but you know those guys showed me so much because i saw how upset they were how angry you know i was I was in awe just of being up there and being able to partake in all this and, and having a chance of possibly getting us into maybe the, the playoffs, even though we, I think we lost it by 10 games. But, you know, still seeing that and hearing the voices of, you know, Kinsler and Young, to me, the, the leaders of that clubhouse and how fired up they were about this whole thing and how pissed that they were that, again, we got to watch somebody else celebrate in front of our faces. And it just carried on into the next the next season, the off season. I remember training with those guys and, and knowing that, man, this is these are these are some serious dudes that are ready to to fight. Like this is what we want. This is the energy that we need. And you know, getting all those guys in the clubhouse and getting Vlad. I mean, that was huge. Um, a great pickup. Somebody like me that you know I looked up to, watching him and, and seeing how he was as a hitter and outfielder with his cannon. I mean, he, there was just so many things, and it was just such a a quick whirlwind. It just happens so fast, and next thing you know, we leave spring training, and boom, we're Head into the playoffs, and then you know we go into the playoffs and underdog, underdog again, and uh, 
you know, we take on who was the first round. First round was Tampa Bay. Something that I've never seen happen before was no team won a single home game. Like that's that's incredible. You don't see that very often in a playoff. And you know, you always build your playoff around that atmosphere that you have at home. And that was to have a, a playoff game for me. You know, coming from uh, you know a small school and, and playing in a college World Series and it, the, like you know, 6,000 people, and all of a sudden now we've got 55,000 people just roaring at us. It was one of the coolest things I got to experience. And then you go to the next round. We beat Tampa in Tampa, and we had that swagger that we just, you know, we just beat a team, a good team that just, they were in the postseason uh, a couple years before that. You know, they've, they've got the experience, and we felt a little bit better. And then we go take on the Giants, the defending champs of 2009, the Yankees. And, you know, we, we get down one nothing, and then next thing you know, we take off and, you know, we, we get the momentum on our side. And one of the greatest uh, moments that I feel, you know, as, a, as being part of the Rangers organization, that history of being there was, you know, you get to have the excitement of Nelly Cruz and you got Hamilton and these guys are just, they're just tearing it up. And to see them do what they're doing and the pitching staff with, you know, we picked up Cliff Lee. That was a huge pickup that helped out. And Colby Lewis, our, our workhorse, the, the dude that did everything for us, you know, he helped out. He was consistent. These guys were just carrying us, and uh, C.J. Wilson just doing his thing as well. I mean, a guy that went from closing to starting, you had so many great dudes doing so many great things that it was just unbelievable to see what was going on. I mean, you had young guys like myself and Matt Harrison, you know, trying to compete and be along with this and learning so much from these guys and getting that experience. And then, you know, Scott Feldman, who had an unbelievable year in 09 that helped out with us in 10, there's so many faces that we don't get to hear about that actually played such a big part in getting us to this world series that it gets overlooked and the excitement that it brought to the city was unbelievable. And I'll never forget that last out to go to the world series of sitting in the bullpen and we're facing, it was a rod. And I know that there was history between the Ranger fans and, and a rod with the contracts and all that. And to, to hear that loud eruption from the fans was, I mean, it was by far one of the loudest things I've ever heard leading up to that point. And, it was just so cool to realize that this team just turned everything around by one year after missing a playoffs by 10 games to the angels. We were going to the world series in 2010 and we had, you know, this outstanding feeling of dominance of feeling that we just took down the giant. There's no way we're going to get beat. There's nobody that could stand in our way and beat us. And then to go to the world series, I mean, God, to hear stories from guys like Michael Young that spent 10 years, with the team and never even sniffed the playoffs. And his first trip is going to be to the World Series. I mean, the, stuff like that is some of the things that people don't get to understand is what we got to accomplish. Yeah, I know we, we didn't do very well in the World Series, and, you know, we, we lost to a team that just ended up being better than us that time. You know, it's just one of those things. But, man, that was – it's something that we learned from, and I think that's what – you know, we got to experience something that we ne- a lot of guys never even get to. Uh, to accomplish what we did was – you know, amazing. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we didn't win the World Series, but we were still American League champs. We were still the American League best team. That's one thing that always is going to stand out no matter what. Like, I don't care what anybody tries to say to me or anything. Yeah, I get it. We're not World Series champs, but you know what? We were still American League champs, and we accomplished a lot after the year that we had before. And then the next year, you guys get back to the World Series, and I, I you know, just personally being honest, I, I, I really don't like to talk about that World Series at all. Uh, 
you know, growing up here and, and a diehard Rangers fan with the exception of uh, two things, Game 4 and Game 5 and how special they were. Game 5, uh, I was fortunate enough to be there. Game 4, uh, I, 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 I've i never told you this. I actually, so Game 5, I got to be there because a family friend of ours was going through chemo and said that if I drove her and her husband to Game 4 and picked them up, they would give me their Game 5 tickets. So I drove them to Game 4, and I just decided to walk around the ballpark and take in the sounds, and eventually the security guy just let me in without a ticket. So I got to see the back half of uh, your amazing Game 4 performance, and I love talking about that. I, I love I love telling people about that because, in, for my money, I know Kenny Rogers threw a perfect game. I know Nolan Ryan has thrown – through a couple no-hitters with the Rangers, but that's the greatest single pitching performance in Rangers history when you consider the context of it all, uh, of it being a World Series game. And, and, you know, I hate to say a must-win game, but if the Rangers don't win that game, they go down 3-1, to one, and that's going to be awfully tough to come back from, and, and you go and, and give the performance of your life. Uh, what do you remember about that day leading up to the start, and then what do you remember about the actual start? Well, I want to say, though, that whole season was just uh, remarkable. I mean, I got to learn so much from Cliff Lee uh, the previous year, and I, I took that mindset that he had the next year. Uh, we joked around the other day talking about this stuff, but the funniest thing about Cliff Lee was when you asked him for advice, it came out, you know, basically how Cliff Lee would put it. And I asked him, like, what, what do you do to this guy, this guy? And he would just say, I just when I throw it fastballs and if he can hit them okay if he can't then i'll spin something else in there every once in a while but i'm just gonna go after him and and not you know walk people and it was just it was so simple and so you know weird to hear him how he puts it and then all of a sudden you're like okay that really is it's it's really not that complicated why can't we just go out and do that but you know it takes time to to get that right i guess nobody's nobody's perfect i guess in a way to put it but man just to have that season i mean it was unbelievable and i knew going into spring training that the culture was even more alive than it was the year before. And you could tell that there was that much more hunger because we got a taste of the world series in 2010. We were going to do everything we could to get back for 2011. And we knew we had a target on our back because we were the American league champs, just like the Yankees were in 2009. When it came to 2010, they were the target. And so we knew that there was going to be that kind of competition. Everybody wanted to take us out and, I mean, I, I just remember the 2011 season being just the dominant season for us. I mean, we were just destroying everybody, I felt like. And, you know, the one thing that I really want to put out there that is, you know, we always talk about game four being very memorable, which it is. Uh, to me, a game that stands out is pitching in Cleveland back in my home state, uh, being in front of my uh, my family. And, you know, most of my family couldn't really travel to the game. So for them to be able to see me pitch was just, you know, something that was huge to me, that meant a lot to me is, you know, my grandma, she, she passed away a few years ago, but she was so close. She was like another mother to me, and it was my mom's mom. And for her, you know, she was a, a larger woman that she couldn't get around as well. And my dad's mom, who was also older as well, and she, you know, didn't get around as well as as, uh, as we do, I, I guess you could say. And uh, they were both there for this game. And uh, I'll never forget that I, it was my one of my shutouts against uh, Cleveland. And for them to be able to witness it, 
and be there. And I'll never forget once the game was done, you know, that the Indians were so great. Let my parents come down uh, basically onto the field after the game was over. And it was great to, I remember I was going to give them a hug and my mom's mom cut in front of my mom so she could get the first hug, which was like, you know, it's something funny to see, but you know, it just shows that she was so proud and so happy because she actually got to see me live. You know, I always got, text messages because I'd always leave my location on for her so she could see where I was at and she would always you know text me like hey I see you're in Detroit are you gonna be playing there good luck to you you know whatever and finally she got to you know see me in Cleveland and and for them to be able to see a game like that in my home state in front of my, my family and everybody that that meant a lot to me but then going into you know this 2011 World Series game that you know this was this was uh this was epic. This was, you know, something that we all dream of. Um, I've only shared this a few times, but my, uh, my mom's dad, he passed away when I was probably four or five years old. And my dad's dad passed away probably when I was 13 or 14. And they were both baseball fans. They both loved the game. And so everybody knows, you know, when I walked off the field, uh, I had Nolan Ryan, uh, President George W. Bush and Pudge all standing together, and they, you know, they waved to me. I think it was actually just President Bush and, and Nolan, but I have the picture, and I remember walking off the field and seeing it. Well, I remember I had fallen asleep, and I was, like, dreaming, and it felt so real, and I remember walking off the field again. I was reliving that moment, but this time when I walked off, <clears throat> I saw uh, my grandpas, both of them sitting together, but they were above the dugout and my, you know, I had just waved to Nolan and, and president Bush and I was saluting to the fans. And I just remember looking up and I saw them standing right there and they were clapping and they were saluting me back, which was probably one of the coolest feelings ever. I know it was a dream, but at the same time, it makes you realize that they were actually there watching as well. But it's a game that, like I said, it, it meant so much to me. It's one of the greatest things that I could possibly, you know, try to do to help to give back to this, this organization that had the faith in me and picked me to draft me and bring me up into this organization and let me be a part of, you know, something special like this. And, uh, it was, it was just something that I'll never forget. I mean, I, I've listened to it multiple times was when the stadium was so loud and they were chanting my name. Uh, it just gives me chills even thinking about that. And to know that we were going up against a team that just put up 16 runs the night before, to, even though I know people give this guy a hard time, but Matt Harrison played a huge part in this team. I think he was an outstanding pitcher the following year in 2012. He ended up having an unbelievable year. I think he was in the top three for Cy Young candidate, candidacy. He was just he was killing it. But this this whole club, this whole organization, we had such a strong group, a strong core, you know, from JD all the way down with Nolan, all those guys. We had such a great group that that one game. I mean, it, it is. It still gives me chills just thinking about it, but it all started from that that day of them picking me in the 25th round in 2007. Just it, That was it. That's where it all started. And to be able to have the game that I had, there's nothing like it. I just remember stepping out there. I remember talking to Wash right before. He smacked me across the face, and you know, he wanted me to have fun. You know, that was the thing about Wash is, Wash knew my personality, knew how I would go about my business, and he knew if he could keep me loose that I was going to go out and be able to be myself after seeing how I performed that entire season. That was by far, excuse me, one of my best seasons. I mean, I was—I think I had 16 wins. Um, 
and everything stayed loose. People were starting to realize that, if, you know, me being me and having my personality, just let me do my things. And I'm, I'm doing the work. I put everything in. You've seen it firsthand. I may be a goofball, but you know what? Wash handled everything the best. There's no manager, honestly, that's handled things the way that he has. I mean, he is, he's by far, you know, my number one just because of what he's done for me in my career and understanding who I am as a player. So you, you mentioned something there, the back end, you know, being goofy and stuff. And, and one of the things I've told you this to your face, I, I don't know that I've come across a more generous, charitable, loving person in the Metroplexes, uh, among the Metroplexes sports teams than you. And it always ticked me off. And I know it ticked a lot of other people off when people would go on Twitter and say, well, if, you know, if you didn't spend so much time doing this or that, you know, then maybe he'd be better, blah, 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 which is, you know, that's a ridiculous thing. But how how did you deal with the, the social media criticism you'd get for being you and having fun? Because, it, you know, no one cared when you would pitch well, but then the minute you didn't pitch well, that was obviously the reason, which is totally ridiculous. But I, you, you've never changed, and I, I admire that about you. Uh, how did you deal with that and, and deal with people who were really unfair to you with the way you carried yourself and how you always wanted to put a smile on other people's faces, but, you know, they took it as, well, you know, if you're doing that, then how po- how can you possibly in the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day be finding time to work hard? It's funny you kind of answered your own question, though. Uh, the thing that I've learned and I got, like I said, I had the greatest mentors Again, I have so many people I could thank for my career that it's it's unbelievable. You know, people that really stand out besides, you know, guys off the field was Michael Young and Kinsler and Chu. You know, seeing these guys, you know, do what they do off the field. Dirk, Dirk has been one of the greatest ever for me to, you know, talk to. I've, I've reached out to him a few times earlier in my career. He always had great advice. He was super nice to me. And I'm not even playing the same sport as him. But to see him do what he does, you know, he was a, a great role model. Um, Eddie Gordado was, was huge for me and Darren Oliver, those two guys, you know, spent, I spent so much time with them and I learned a lot. Yeah. They may have, you know, what's funny though, that I'm going to put this in there too, is what's funny is there was hazing and people get so worried about these hazings that they try to use it as if it's something, uh, I guess negative or whatever, but I think it helped me more than anything. The stuff that I had to do, which I'm not going to share because somebody would be finding it, uh, I guess too harsh or whatever their sensitivity, the, the, all that bull crap, I can't stand because it helps me more than anything. It, it, it made me who I am today. And the one thing that I learned by watching was you're never going to make everybody happy. And it's funny that you said this too, is when things were going great, nobody had an issue. Nobody. There was nothing ever wrong with it. But the moment that you did something wrong, if you had a bad game, it immediately became he's doing impersonations. He's doing too many of this. He's doing too much radio. He's doing... No, it's all bullshit. You're just trying to find an excuse because when things are going wrong, you want to find something to point fingers at instead of just holding the person accountable and let them get back to what they're doing. I get it. I'm going to go through some rough patches. I'm not going to pitch great every time. I'm going to have good games, and you know what? You're going to ride on my coattails because you're so excited that I'm pitching great and you're not going to worry about what I'm doing. You should never change who you are just because things are going good or things are going bad. You be who you are. You know, that's one of the things I've always learned watching Eddie Gordado. He's one of the greatest personalities I've ever seen in a, in a clubhouse. He kept things loose no matter what. We were winning, he was still the same. We were losing, he was still the same. He tried to keep everybody in the same mindset because if you start dwelling on other things because you're not making everybody happy or you're not performing, 
other things start happening. You create other issues and other problems. You start overthinking things that you shouldn't have to think about. You know, if I go out there and I have a bad game, uh, I always put this into perspective is I'm going to look at what I did right. And I learned this from Don Coxine, which is, you know, the, one of the greatest dudes that I've worked with in a long time that helped me out with my baseball career when I was going through some tough times. He helped me. When things are going great, you know, you go out there and pitch and you come in after the game and, all right, cool, I'm going to shower up, I'm out, I'll see you guys later, let's go have some beers, whatever. And then as soon as you have a bad game, it's like, all right, I'm going to sit in my locker and pout and think about what I did wrong rather than looking at what you did right and learning from that, from using that into the next start. But, yeah, if you want to look at some of the negative things, pick those up and work on those so you can improve. But you don't need to change who you are. You don't need to change how you go about your business. Keep doing the same things because everything is all timing. You know, it could have been a hundredth of a second off when it came to your mechanics by being too quick or being too slow. You don't need to change everything. We got here for a reason. And that's some of the things that I've learned is like we get so caught up in all this negativity that for me personally, and I know you've seen it, when those trolls decide to come out and, and tell you how bad you suck or any of that stuff, like they're just trying to see if they can get you all riled up. They're trying to see if they can win. And when you give them responses that throw them off, then they don't know how to handle it. Then it's like different. They're like, what the hell? And then you usually get, oh, I was, I was just messing with you, man. I didn't think you'd respond. I, you're one of my favorite players, man. You're, you're one of the great. I can't stand that. Like, I get it. I'm a fan, too, of games. And when things don't go right, if the Mavericks lose a game, I don't sit there and go, oh, man, this guy should have done this. That's, that's such horseshit. He sucks. No, that's not the issue. They just got beat. Things didn't go their way. Hey, we couldn't make baskets. Or, hey, I couldn't make pitches. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, we can't sit here and try to say it's because I did impersonations last week on such and such show or whatever. Like, you can't do that. That's the thing that drives me insane is we all try to find excuses so that we can feel better about it. And we try to bring people down thinking that they're not out there doing stuff. Like, people think that, you know, if I'm doing impersonations, they don't think that I sit there and watch video or study up on hitters or any of that kind of stuff. They think that's what I'm just doing is just doing voices because that's, that's going to make me pitch better. 